If you've been following me on Twitter, you may have noticed I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health. I decided it's time to get back to my MVP weight. So I started Awaken 180 weight loss. I'm already feeling fantastic. The best part, I'm already down nine pounds. I could have hit the treadmill for a year and not seen the results that I've had with Awaken 180. Just like during my plan days, Awaken is all about losing weight and focusing on nutrition, coaching, and science. No pills, no gym. As you know, I travel a ton, but no worries there because Awaken 180 has a worldwide program. I can still have my weekly consults via Skype. When I'm back in Boston, I visit the government center location. Besides healthy living, my favorite part about Awaken is free support for life. We are all stuck at home these days, but join me and get healthy. Call the solution for weight loss. Awaken 180. Weight loss. Get on board just as I did. Go to awaken180weightloss.com. This is April 7th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. And first of all, I want to say I hope everyone's doing well. I don't know what week in quarantine we are. Um, it's felt like it's been so long. I think it's going on a month. Um, I know that the NHL regular season was supposed to end last weekend. The playoffs are supposed to be starting. Obviously, they are not. Um, and I'm sorry, the 2011 playoffs on Nesson don't count. Um, and, I mean, times are tough right now for everybody. Um, in this episode, I have on Mike Petralia tracks. You love him. You know him. You love him. You know him. Um, he's on all the time. We get into talking sort of about mixing hockey with quarantine. I think we had a really good conversation on what this feels like. And because uh, does this, you can't, it's hard to even put your finger on what this is. Um, it just is so weird. And I think this is kind of a good conversation on that. Uh, we also get into Brian Burke's comments uh, about, you know, trying to go for Joe Thornton when he was on the Bruins and a, a potential better uh, trade scenario for, for, for Boston. Um, before we get into it, uh, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. Um, if you're into prop bets and entertainment bets, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol is a big one right now. Um, stock prices, and even the weather, which is just wild. Uh, the funny thing is I had on a guy from Bet Online last week, and he explained kind of what's behind all these prop bets and how they're kind of – they're a lot of fun. I mean, they keep – again, we just need excitement right now, and this kind of provides that for you. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code CLNS50, Bet Online, your online wagering experts. I also would like to say – uh, if I can give you any two pieces of advice, and this is not an ad, I'm not getting paid for this. Um, if I can give you any two pieces of advice, stay mentally fit, stay as physically fit as you can, whether that be going on a walk. Unfortunately, walking doesn't advertise with me, but I'll give them a shout out anyways. Shout out walking. Uh, you want to upgrade that to a run? Go for it. Um, and little home workouts. You know, I mean, I find YouTube clips, Instagram pages that have just, you know, a daily workout and I run through them. Uh, in my basement no longer than 30 minutes. I'm going to do it actually after I record this. 
Um, and they keep me, you know, physically up and then mentally fit. Read, um, meditate. I use the Headspace app. It's tremendous. Use it. It's awesome. Um, it keeps me kind of, it helps me wind down. Um, I know some people like the Calm app. I just have always liked Headspace. Um, but again, those are just offerings of advice for you guys uh, to use or listen to this podcast to keep you mentally and physically fit uh, at the same time. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Mike Petralia. And we're here with Mike Petralia. Trags, how are you? Um, which answer do you want, Evan? I want the honest answer. I'm struggling. I'm struggling without sports. Um, uh, emotionally, I'm doing the best I can, like everybody is. Uh, I would say this, Evan, that the more I get outside, work in my yard like I did over the weekend, um, the more I stay busy physically, the better I feel. So there's no question about that. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. I mean, I think that right now it's so important to keep the mental health uh, it where is. it has to be. It really is. And, and, and by, I, the way, by, by the way, not to interrupt you, but I love to do that's that. That's fine. You know, that's, oh, of course. Everybody. I like it. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty much done with uh, watching old games. Oh, I know. I know. I just, I, 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 I know this happened in the past. I know, well, it's a game to watch. I'm like, I'm, I'm just read until the games resume. Uh, I'm really done with it. And you're going to bring this up, I guess, in a little while, but um, I, I also don't want leagues rushing back to play until a sense of society, norm, normalcy in society is returned until that's happened. I, I, I'm not really into these leagues trying desperately to bring games back. I'm just not. I'm so done with the old games. I really am. It was cool. It was a cool novelty for the first week that it was on. But, you know, Nesson rolling out every single game from the 2011 Cup run, I have no desire to watch game one against the Canadians where the Bruins lost, where it wasn't an exciting game, or any of these games – I mean, that Philly series in 2011, aside from Thomas's 52 saves in game two, there wasn't a hell of a lot that was very interesting to watch. I mean, right. it just, I don't, and even the good old games, like, I know what happened. I just want to see the highlights. That's really what I want to see if I see anything. Um, and I, or you know, a condensed game. Condensed games, exactly. Like, just, just show me the best parts. I know what happened. That's it. And and again, like you can't get these resurfaced feelings about these games sometimes because hell, I mean, it's not like watching it the first time and it, it, it really annoys me. Um, and again, I mean, I'm just, I, I feel irritable. I feel more irritable well, than I normally do. And I think everyone does. I mean, stuck in the house all day, going out, you know, once in a blue moon, uh, work. I work out as much as I can, honestly, at home, That's good. It's home workouts. Yep. I, I have to do it. Because if not, I'll just sit around all day eating Oreos, and that is no good. Not no good. Point out. Um, and yeah, I mean, my thoughts on this whole virus—you know, what it's doing to society—I mean, it's it's toppled our economy. Uh, you know, it's changed everything we do as of right now. And I just want it to be back to normal as soon as humanly possible. I mean, again, like we should be gearing up for the first round of the playoffs right now, um, and we're not. And if you told me that at the beginning of the year, I'd been like, what are you talking about? I mean, Trags, remember the podcast we did where we were like, 
they can't go to no fans in the stands. They can't do it. You know, don't do it. And then that week, the league suspended itself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just escalated so quickly. Um, that's why, okay, let's just jump to what you were going to bring up anyway, eventually. And that's the idea, you know, and the story broke Monday morning. I think Emily Kaplan had it for uh, ESPN. And that is this idea of resuming the city, uh, resuming the season in these far off cities or much smaller market cities and, you know, having some round robin tournament. You know what? Stop trying so hard. There are millions of fans who are like, you know what? Cancel the seasons already in the NBA and the NHL because it's not going to look the same when it resumes and when, whenever. And it's always, you're always going to have an asterisk by the ends of, uh, by the end of these seasons in the NBA and NHL. And, you know, I understand the, that hockey fan, you know, let's say five to 10% of rabid, rabid hockey fans just want to see some live hockey. I get that, but not at the expense of the integrity of the league. And to me, you know, I am to hope that we have a league and we have leagues next year, right? In the 2020, 2021 years, just put your sights toward that. Um, the NFL is different. I think the MLB is a little different because the season hasn't even started. Um, but with the NHL and NBA, um, it was an act of God. There was nothing you could do to, to uh, prevent the halting of uh, those two leagues and just call it off. I, I don't, I, I'm tired of these leagues um, saying, well, we could do this and we could do that. And uh, we are talking about the possibility of uh, playing these games in empty buildings. I'm like, enough already. That's not, well, it's not what I want. And I don't think it's what uh, the super majority of hockey fans want is some uh, truncated playoff format uh, that gives us a champion for the sake of having a champion. I, I'm not for that at all. I mean, I think if they do a playoff format in the playoff format they have now, and it's the exact same and they just cancel the regular season, I don't think you have to technically put an asterisk next to it. However, if you have a totally Agreed. different playoff format that is not what we like have now, Robin, exactly, no, no. then you have to put an asterisk. Then it's totally different. Um, and it's, you know, that, that Stanley Cup that that team wins is always like, well, they won it in that you know, for cock to 2019-20 season, you know. And the, the, the thing is, so um, they're talking about possibly playing at Ralph Engstead Arena in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and then possibly in Manchester, New Hampshire. Those are the two sites that have been thrown around right now. Um, obviously, we'd love New Hampshire because it's just near us. Um, but the thing is, I, I just think it, this is tough for everybody. It's tough, especially for a team like the Bruins, who doesn't have a huge cup window with the, the veterans on their team. Um, and this season, which was supposed to be another shot at the cup, another surefire Eastern conference final potentially is gone, you know, probably. And uh, the momentum they had was killed. David Pasternak didn't hit 50 goals. I mean, again, like this is the thing and this is, I'm going off on tangents here. No, you should. That's what, that's, but, what, that's what good podcasts do. I mean, go ahead. Well, it's true. But when I think about like what I just said, so, you know, the Bruins missing the cup, and the Bruins cup window shortening and David Posh not going to think 50 goals. All of those aren't even close to problems that I care about right now. 
Like, I don't care about that stuff right now because of what's going on in the world. Like, it makes it seem so silly that I'm sitting here going, well, you know, the world's burning around me and the economy is tanking and people are losing their jobs left and right. But David Pasternak didn't hit 50 goals. Like, Great doesn't point, that just Evan. sound so yes. terrible? I sound like an which asshole. Is to, which is to my point, Evan, why are people so worried about getting these leagues back up and running? Get society back up and running. Well, you know, you know, these games will give a sense of normalcy. No, they won't. Not if people don't have jobs to pay for, you know, playoff tickets or their cable bill. They're not going to feel that. I, I don't know. I, I feel very strongly that the last thing we should be worried about is these leagues coming up with some truncated form of, uh, playoff format just to put games on TV so people can watch. And I guess it'd be there for somebody to watch, but you know, and I go back to 2013 and that season was incredibly shortened, but the playoff structure was legitimized because it was essentially uh, the playoffs as usual. That's why I think there's no asterisk by, you know, the 2013 Chicago Blackhawks win over the Bruins in the cup final because, uh, you know, the Blackhawks had to win 16 games in the Stanley Cup run to win their cup. Um, I don't think you, depending on what you read and what you believe, I don't think they can have that format now uh, based on when these players would have to get back to training to get ready to play competitive hockey and then um, undertake a, a, a long playoff season. I just don't think it's possible at this point. And if it's not possible, you know, close up shop and put your focus towards next season that's what and that's the advantage the nfl has evan it's you know they have the ability to have their draft have free agency have everybody looking forward to 2020 and the nfl owners are of the belief that their season's going to start on time in september and and i think that's what the nhl and you know the nba for that matter should be looking toward and i think hockey fans would understand that yeah, and I think the other thing is, you know, obviously, as you said, put your sights to next season. You know, if they can find a way to do a legitimate playoff format, if, if society's back on its feet in June, let's say, and they can find a way to do a legitimate playoff format in July and August or August and September or whatever, and then potentially shorten next season by 20 games or so, I'm not fully against that. But again, society's got to be ready for something like that. And the other thing is, and I'm, I'm, not just looking at this from a sports perspective, the, you know, I don't think this quarantine is just going to lift and we're all going to be good again. Like, I think it's going to be a slow incline back to where we were economically, socially, all that stuff. Um, but you have to think when this lifts and there's a, the, the first game after all of this, the ratings are going to be massive. The interest is going to be huge. I mean, people are never going to take these things for granted ever again. Like it, it, in a weird, like, the first night going out after all this, when we all hit the bars, like, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be so fun because, people, you know, people are going to be like, oh, my God, I miss this so much. And, and going to games, when that happens, again, we don't know when that's going to take place. Um, again, it just feels like we're in an alternative universe. I know it sounds so, like, out there, but it really does feel like we're in another dimension that we're it talking does. about. Imagine going to a hockey game with people there. I mean, it's just – it's all so surreal to me. Um, but again, the sights on next season, if society's in a good place and society's ready, then hell yeah, let's do it. 
Um, and again, you also have to look, and we'll talk about this later on the podcast, on other po- like later down the road. Um, how does this impact, you know, guys like Chara potentially retiring? Um, think people like that. Uh, and Tuka Rask, you know, mentioned his retirement uh, after his contract ends next season. You know, who knows? Um, so right now is just a really weird time, uh, as everybody knows. And I think that I just want the real world back. That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants this over with and done with. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much all we got to say about that. Um, and so another thing I wanted to get to this week, and it has nothing to do with quarantine. So we'll kind of do Thank a God. 180 off of it. Uh, Brian Burke, the legendary Brian Burke, uh, had a question and answer session on Twitter, I think. Uh, and someone named Kevin Tulock asked him, what is one trade you didn't make that you wished you had? And what is one that you made that you wish you hadn't? So obviously Brian Burke did not answer the second question, but he did say, uh, I tried desperately to get Joe Thornton to Anaheim. I thought we beat the offer that got accepted. Mike O'Connell was the GM and we were babysitting him, checking in once a day, sometimes more. I told the OC, Mike O'Connell, that I would protect five players on my roster and he could take whoever he had ranked sixth no restrictions then i'd add another roster player a prospect and a first i'm still bitter we didn't get him so out on the top if that is true which i believe brian burke i don't think he's lying about that right why would mike o'connell take sturm marks uh brad stewart and wayne primo over potentially ryan getzloff or Corey perry uh a first a prospect and another roster player i mean i don't like think of what that would have done for the for the franchise what do you think oh, i can't believe o'connell didn't do it can you no i don't and so the thing i, is I cannot the... believe i i'm like i look at this and, and the names pop off the, uh, off the uh screen like in bold bold faced neon right yeah marco sturm wayne primo and brad stewart is what they got right and compared sturm... to compared to what they what they could have gotten so ty anderson wrote about this um and at the time this is 2005 he uh ty said uh when we're talking about anaheim's list of uh, protected five players you have to imagine it probably went something like tamu solani scott niedemeyer j.s chaguer andy mcdonald and francois beauchemin they were all veterans you know core pieces of that team ryan getzloff was a young rookie Corey Perry as well. Both um, were a 20, and I get that. And and if you're O'Connell, maybe he just didn't trust his ability to evaluate and his staff's ability to evaluate younger players, right? Yeah, I mean, I just I look at that and I think that is such an alternative reality for the Bruins. Because Marco Sturm actually was good. I mean, I was a huge fan of Sturm. You know, he scored that big goal against the Canadians in Game Six of the uh, of the 08 playoffs and kind of helped bring the Bruins back to prominence. He was a, well, that's a great memory. Yeah, I do remember it, that. I was at great. Fenway Park when that happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you were covering the Sox. Um, and then he scored a goal at Fenway Park. He scored the Winter Classic winner. Um, that is correct against the and yet, Flyers. He, he's one of the forgotten people of that core that kind of brought the Bruins back to prominence in this city. Um, the other, Wayne Primo and Brad Stewart, uh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> they have nothing to do with really anything with the Bruins. But um, – you think about how that would have changed. Like, let's say they do go and get Getzlav. So they get Getzlav. You know, do they sign Mark Savard? You know, what do they not do? They not make certain moves. Do they make? Because you know, then you would have had Bergeron, Getzlav. You would have also had Krejci in the pipeline. 
So uh, you wonder how that would have changed the the culture. I mean, Getzlav became the captain of the Ducks. Would Chara have been a captain here if, if Getzlav was here? I mean, yeah, I know Getzlav was question. younger at that time. So there's a lot of questions to be asked. Um, and, you know, would they have won a Stanley Cup? <laughs> would they have won more Stanley Cups? Um, and that's all sort of put into perspective um, if they had done that. And Corey Perry, I think, also is another interesting one. Um, I think wingers typically have uh, less of an impact on a team in a game than a center does. So, you know, Savard probably maybe still would have been signed. Um, but I think it's interesting stuff. I mean, you were covering them at that point. I was in first grade. Um, so, you know, do you, what, what were your memories of the Thornton trade? So I was walking down. It obviously took place uh, after, um, after a game. I forget the opponent if it was Calgary or not. I forget who they were playing that night. I can go look it up, obviously. Um, while I'm babbling here, why don't you look up who, who the Bruins were playing that November night when they um, uh, made that trade? Because I do remember um, it was a surreal feeling as O'Connell followed uh, head coach. Um, I guess that would have been Pat Burns at the time. Uh, um, and... Was it Burns? I can't remember now. Anyway, I remember uh, O'Connell. Was uh, it Mike Sullivan? It might have been. No, it's Mike Sullivan. That's right. It was Mike Sullivan. And he followed up that press conference um, by announcing the trade, which had broken on television um, just seconds before uh, the press conference began. And everybody was stunned. And everybody was rushing down uh, to the old press room uh, down where we used to eat uh, at TD Garden. And I remember looking at a lot of people saying this franchise will never be the same. It'll never be the same. They thought it was a death blow uh, for what uh, was in store for the Bruins in the next several years. That's what I remember about it, the, the, the kind of stunned look on everybody's face. They actually traded Joe Thornton. Was, was it rumored that they were going to at the time, or was that out of yes. nowhere? Uh, I think it was rumored that uh, I, I don't want to misremember, but uh, I do remember rumblings about Thornton not being happy there and they couldn't sign him uh, long-term and it was time to move on. And so the because game was, was he, he was in the same class as Sergei Samsonov. And um, I believe Samsonov was also traded that night, the same trade. He was in the same trade. Was he really in the same trade? No, he wasn't in the same trade. He was traded, I thought, the same night. Oh, I can look that up. But the game was a, a November 29th, uh, 2005 game against uh, the New Jersey Devils, I think. The, okay, there you go. Who were you, co- who were you covering for uh, those games for back then? Who was uh, it again? It WBI. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that is nuts. I mean, I, I like for me, I mean, of my lifetime, I guess the Sagan trade was close to that. I mean, what what do you think was bigger? I Thornton was probably much bigger because there wasn't a lot around him. Like he was the one star, one of the one stars. I would on say the team. Thornton was bigger, definitely Thornton. Was yeah, bigger. because Sagan, it was just a, a younger pro, a younger player with a ton of potential, leaving. Like it, there were tons of pieces around him. They were still a cup team. They just let him go. I mean, it looks bad in hindsight, but at the time it was kind of like, oh, you know, they're getting Louis Erickson back, who's pretty good, and Sagan didn't fit compared to Thornton, who was the lifeblood of the offense. So. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to look at these hypotheticals, these alternative kind of realities, you know, what, what could have been. Uh, I'm just surprised that 
O'Connell accepted the San Jose deal. I mean, Marco so, Sturm's fine, but I don't know. So, um, Samsonov wasn't traded until almost the end of the 05-06 season. It was Thornton was traded to San Jose uh, at the beginning of that season, and Samsonov wasn't traded until March 9th to Edmonton for Marty Reisner, Jan Stasny, uh, and a second-round pick in the 06 entry draft. Do you know who that turned out to be? Wasn't that uh, Phil Kessel? No, close. Wait, um, I know the 06 offseason was huge for them. Um, all right, who? I'm totally blanking. Milan Lucic. Yes, that's right. That's totally right. Who was their first round pick in 06? Oh, Zach, that uh, wasn't Zach Hamill, was it? Uh, I'd have to look it up. Oh, I, they had a someone put it on Twitter recently. The 07 to 09 drafts for the Bruins were horrendously bad, but the 06 offseason basically shaped the entire team uh, um, for a while. Oh, no, no, no. The, uh, oh, the 06 draft was – no, it was not bad. You know who their number one pick was? You just said him. Phil Kessel. Yes. That was their yeah. – they had the fifth overall pick in 06. Yeah. That, that first uh, – those first couple of picks that 06 draft were stacked. Eric Johnson to the Blues, Jordan Stahl to the Penguins, Jonathan Taves to the Blackhawks, Nicholas Baxter to the Capitals. I mean, they had a that was a good draft, but I just well 07 to 09, I remember the draft picks were not great. I think Hamill was somewhere in there. Uh, and, later the 06, that, and later in that draft, Flyers got Claude Giroux, who yes is borderline Hall of Fame. If he keeps going, I think he's going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best hockey players I've seen. One of the best best sets of hands I've ever seen. Oh, he's they got silky mitts, but um, I, I it's funny that 06 off season, Jeff Gorton was the interim GM for a lot of that, and he made a lot of those oh, moves. Right. It wasn't Shirelli, yes. um, which is which people kind of forget. Jeff Gorton, I think, is now with the Rangers, uh, and he made all those moves for the Bruins, and they were like, yeah, goodbye, like we're gonna hire Peter Shirelli. Um, but that whole time in Bruins history, I think, is so important because you got Chara, you got Savard, you got Lucic, you got Kessel. Um, There's so many pieces that they added. They added Rask around that time when they traded Raycroft. Um, must be weird for Raycroft sitting up there in the in the <laughs> the intermission booth uh, talking about the games that the guy he was traded for is still playing in. Um, but yeah, I mean that whole time is crazy. Uh, but, but, I mean, getting back to, to uh, Brian Burke, I think that that story is fascinating uh, because you're right. It does make you play the what-if game um, at a, a very, very high level. It does. I mean, again, I think that changes everything. Getzloff's probably a Hall of Famer, um, and Perry probably as well. Perry won the MVP one year, I believe. Um, and so both of those guys could have been huge additions to – the Bruins, I mean, now they're kind of outdated. They're old. They're, you know, they're way past their prime. But again, I mean, if they could have uh, had them in the early part of the decade, you never know what I could have taken place. That, yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're way past their prime. I would say they're at the end of their prime. And there's a big difference uh, being, uh, you know, towards the, uh, on the backside of the curve, but still at a pretty high level. Um, and if they cannot fall off, you know, fall off the cliff in the next couple of years, they're still in great shape. I mean, I, I think, you know, they're built from the back end now, 
Um, and if you oh, I was that- Trags. I was talking about Perry and Getzloff. I wasn't talking about the Bruins. <laughs> oh, oh, I misunderstood you. My bad. I was gonna say. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no, the Bruins are or the Bruins are fine. Um, yeah. But Perry and Getzloff, I do believe, are um, kind of past their prime. Yes. Um, Trags, before you go. Yeah, no problem. Trags, before you go, is there anything you would like to plug? Um, just, uh, we are going to be having Doug Kide from Nesson.com on the Patriots beat, uh, this week. And we're going to start finally digging into the, uh, NFL draft, which is coming up at the end of this month. And how are the, you know, how is everything, um, you know, the work stoppage, uh, across all of these leagues and staying at home, social distancing, impacting the way the Patriots, uh, are able to read their draft prospects going into the NFL draft. I mean, the NF, the Patriots have always done a, um, I think, a particularly outstanding job in reading uh, who their draft picks are from a character point of view. The talent has not always worked out. I mean, take a look at the number of cornerbacks that have kind of busted for them. But uh, in terms of character and personality, they usually, um, usually uh, get it right. And uh, I, I'm curious to see from Doug's perspective, uh, what he thinks, um, you know, social distancing and being forced to stay uh, removed from Gillette Stadium, how that might impact the way Patriots go about their business. It'll all be interesting. And uh, again, we covered it all here and you can listen to it over there. Um, And yeah, I mean, to everybody out there, please stay safe, stay mentally fit, stay physically fit, you know, stay busy just do something that's that takes up your time um because you don't want to get caught thinking about what's going on outside of your uh front door um and for cnls media i'm evan marinovsky you bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week (laughs) 